One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about five personal finance discussions to have right before you get hitched. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of DollarAfterDollar.com, and today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about five conversations that you need to have before you get married. And this is an extremely important topic for most people, because if you have any aspirations or dreams to get married, or you're already in a relationship or you're already married, then these five conversations are going to apply to you because this is extremely important for the sake of the long term of your relationship. And at the same time, it's extremely important to ensure that you guys are on the same track to building wealth. One of the biggest reasons that people go into divorce is they're fighting about money and they disagree about money. But if you can get aligned on these five conversations, then you're going to be much better off in the long run. And these are five conversations that my wife and I had over the course of the time that we were dating prior to getting married. And we aligned on these goals, made sure these are the things that we wanted, and we're still working on these items as time goes on. This is not something that you're just going to fix overnight. But personal finance, as we've talked about, is extremely personal. And so each person has specific dreams and aspirations. But if you talk about this up front and you understand this up front... It's going to create so much more of a strong relationship. 
And these are conversations that you can start having when you're dating. Maybe you're not even ready to marry someone. But these are good topics to have conversations around. So let's get into the five conversations that you need to have before getting hit. So the first thing you want to do before you get married is review your credit history and debt together. Now, this is a two-part conversation because you want to look at your credit history first, and then you can review the debt. Because what happens way too often when people get married is a lot of times they don't realize a person's credit score may be as bad as it is. And so what happens is maybe one spouse's credit score is fantastic, and the other spouse's credit score is not so great. And the spouse with a great credit score is unaware that the spouse with the not-so-great credit score was not as responsible with their finances as they thought they were. And this causes a bunch of issues if you don't bring it out up front. So reviewing these together and understanding this up front is extremely important because this can impact your ability to be able to buy a home, purchase cars, get loans for different items that you may need or you may want as you get to the point where you're maybe having kids. So reviewing your credit scores together is a fantastic place to start. And I'll leave a link in the show notes for places that you can review your credit score for free so that you both can get a good idea of where you are. And then the second part of this is reviewing your debt together because obviously your credit score and your debt are intertwined. And there have been countless stories of people getting married and not realizing how much debt their spouse is in. And all of a sudden, they are, boom, $200,000 in credit card debt. And this happens over and over and over again. So being upfront with your future spouse or being upfront with your current spouse and telling them about your debt. Maybe you have student loan debt where one spouse went to school for free and the other spouse carried a massive load of debt. Well, guess what? When you get married... Now that debt is both of yours. What's mine is yours, and what's yours is mine. Even if you keep your checking accounts separate, which we'll talk about that in a second here, you still both are going to own that debt. And so what's happening here is you need to get on the same page with this. And as you're reviewing this debt together, if you have a significant amount of debt, you need to figure out a plan on how you're going to take care of that debt. Now, blame should not be taken here. Nobody should be pointing fingers. I know this can get emotional. I know that this can set off fights and problems and things of that nature. But realize that you're now in this together. And there is no reason to point fingers here. People make mistakes. Now you are where you are. How are you going to fix this? How are you going to get out of this? That's the question you need to ask yourself. And then you need to go at it and attack it. Because if there's significant debt in the relationship and you're already married then you just need to go after it and take care of it. Now, I've read way too many stories where people will be absolutely surprised because of the amount of debt that their spouse has. And usually it has to do with either student loans or credit card debt, and they hid it from their spouse, and it caused major marital issues. And this is where a lot of money fights will happen, is if people go into significant debt without the spouse knowing, this is a major cause of divorce in this country. So make sure you're upfront, make sure you're honest, Go through your debt and then get an attack plan. If you haven't heard the episode where we talk about debt and you're in significant debt, go listen to that episode because that is the fastest way to pay off debt is to go ahead and chase after it with a debt avalanche. Don't do the debt snowball. Look at it as a debt avalanche. Pay the highest interest rate first and then go down the list. That is the fastest way to pay down debt. It would be a great option for you if you want to get after your debt and get it out of the way. 
Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, N.A., or Stride Bank, N.A., members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed, because Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. And they have a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. So ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash personal finance. Just go to indeed.com slash personal finance right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash personal finance terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. 
And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. Number two, and this is a big one, discuss financial goals. So what you're going to do when you're discussing financial goals is figure out exactly how you want to handle your money. Maybe one of you is pretty spendy and the other one is pretty frugal. Well, you've got to come to an agreement on how money is going to be handled. The best way to do this is to figure out, hey, let's work backwards. When do we both want to retire? Now, this is one option that you can think through it. Maybe you both want to retire at the same time. Maybe both of you want to work 15, 20, 30 years. It doesn't matter. Figure out when you want to retire and then work backwards because you have to figure out the correct savings rate and then move forward from there. The next thing you have to figure out is, do you guys want to own a house in the future? If you want to own a house, then that's something that has to be part of your savings plan. It has to be something that you're putting money aside for so you can go towards the down payment. Now, we've had multiple episodes on how to buy a house. We've just had an episode last episode on the FHA loan, how you could buy a house with 3.5% down. But these all have to be implemented into your plan if your goal is to buy a house. But not everybody wants to own a house. Maybe one of you wants to rent a house. You like the flexibility. You like the freedom of renting. You don't have to fix leaky faucets and things like that. That may be a fantastic option for you, but you both have to get on the same page with that prior to getting married because you don't want tension down the road with these types of big decisions. And then discussing your financial goals also has to align with, well, do you guys want kids? And if you want kids, what kind of childcare do you want provided for them? Does one of you wanna work while the other one stays home with the kids? Do you both wanna pursue your careers and you get a nanny or a daycare or something like that? These are conversations that you need to have because then you can get to the outcomes and your goals. Because having a clear vision of where you both wanna go is gonna change your life forever. And that's how you build wealth, is having a clear vision and having clear goals and having systems in place that allow you to achieve those goals. So figuring out those goals and aligning your spending habits will allow for much less stress, much less anxiety, and much less fighting. Compromise is the name of the game when it comes to this. Number three, decide whether or not you wanna have joint or separate accounts. You may be asking yourself, well, what's the best option? In my personal opinion, I think the best option is to have a joint banking account. I think all of your money needs to be there. It all needs to be in front of everyone. Everyone needs to see the spending. Everybody needs to see how much you're saving because there are statistics that have come up that show that couples who do not have joint bank accounts actually have an increased likelihood of getting a divorce. And I don't really see the pros in having separate bank accounts. I truly, truly don't. I don't completely understand why people separate their bank accounts. Because if you're getting married, then you're in this thing together. And to separate your bank accounts makes no sense to me. Now, for me, there's a bunch of pros to having the same bank account. A, we can make decisions on the fly. We can do things quickly. If opportunities arise, we don't have to transfer money all over the place and try to figure out where to take this money. Nah, the money is all there. All of our money is there in the same accounts. And we can move quickly on opportunities. And we've had to move quickly on opportunities before in the past for investment opportunities, maybe properties, things like that. And at the same time, 
Maintaining those joint bank accounts also just makes sure that you're both on the same page. Because separate banking accounts just increases the possibility of one person or the other person hiding something. And hiding something just creates more and more problems. You have to have honesty when it comes to your money in a marriage. Now, some of you may say, well, what about spending money? Let's talk about spending money. If you haven't heard any of the budget episodes, one of the coolest things I do in my budget line item is that I create a blow fund for each of us. So it's still within the same accounts, but we each get a certain amount each and every month that we can just blow money on whatever the heck we want. This is extremely important to have in a marriage because money fights come up when people say, hey, why are you spending money on this? Or why are you spending money on that? No, if you have a blow fund, if you have money set aside where each of you can just blow it, no questions asked. If I want to buy a golf club to stripe my driver right down the middle of the fairway for $400 and I've saved up my blow fund, I can do that all day long. If my wife wants to buy Christian Louboutins and walk down with those red bottom heels, which is the dumbest thing I think in the world, she can do that all day long. We could do whatever we want with that blow fund. And that is the power of having this. Because if you're working extremely hard building wealth, if you're working your butt off, both of you are working all day long, and you're just trying to save every dollar so that you can build true wealth or put it towards your new house or put it towards anything that you want to do, you need something to be able to relax with your spending. You need that psychologically because money is completely psychological. It's completely psychological. And if you don't understand that, understand that now. So having a blow fund, having the ability to spend money freely in a specific account is fantastic for both of you. You can do whatever you want with that money. It doesn't matter. Put it to the side. So if you don't have a blow fund right now, you can leave it commingled in your checking account. That doesn't matter. As long as you have a budget line item set there, you can leave it commingled in your checking account. But make sure you have something aligned like that so that you have parameters set to, hey, you got money to blow. Number four. We're right online with number four. Draft up a budget together. Now, there's two ways to budget that I always talk about. There is the easy way to budget, which is what I call the reverse budget which is where you just take your savings off the top, the amount of money you want to save, so the amount of money that's going to go into your investment accounts, the amount of money that you're going to save in your emergency fund, and the amount of money that you're going to save for any other big item expenses. Take it off the top. Maybe you want a house in there or something along those lines. And the rest of the money, you spend on what you want. So your savings comes off the top and then spend whatever is left over. That's the easiest way to budget. That's the way I think most people should budget. Most couples should budget that way. You don't have to worry about it so much. And then along those same lines, the other way I like to budget is a zero-based budget. And this is a a traditional line-by-line item budget. Now, budgets aren't sexy, but they create freedom. They create freedom from stress. They allow you to allocate your dollars on what you want them to do. But creating a budget with somebody else makes it even harder because you got to figure out what both of your priorities are. So once you figure this out and once you get the hang of this, you're going to see that your priorities are going to align. But let me give you an example. My wife and I completely disagree on how much money we should be spending on groceries. She thinks we should be spending 10 times the amount that I think we should be spending. But guess what? We both have young kids. We both work a lot. And so allocating additional dollars towards that grocery bill so it can make it easier on both of us is something I'm going to do. The reason why is because it needs to align with our priorities. So we can compromise on that. This is why having the budget is vital because it still sets those parameters, but you can increase it as you see needed. And it makes you both aware of what's going on with your finances. So you can use programs like personal capital. One of my favorite things to use is it's a free program. Or you can use a paid program like YNAB. Or you can use a spreadsheet. It doesn't matter what you do on a line-by-line item budget. 
But creating one just keeps everything organized so that you know exactly where your money is going. Because the last thing you want to do is get to the end of every single month, all your money's gone, and neither of you have any idea where it's going. And guess what's going to happen? Fingers are going to start getting pointed. And hopefully it's not the middle one. So make sure that you have the budget ready. Make sure you have it set up correctly. And it's going to reduce stress in your life. Trust me on this. And then number five, decide who is going to head up the finances. Your boy heads up the finances in our household. I bet you already guessed that. Who's going to head up the finances in your household? Because one person has to take the reins. The reason why is both of you are going to let it sit there and nothing's going to happen if one person doesn't take the reins. One of you has to have the main responsibility of taking care of the finances. And then your partner has to know how to manage the finances, but they don't have to take the reins every single month. This is the best way of doing it. And then you guys have conversations every single month to make sure you're on the same page with the budget, with your saving, with your investing, with your living situation. All of those pieces need to align. But figuring out who's going to take care of the bills, who's going to take care of all those nonchalant items will just make it easier for you. So nothing sits there. It all just gets done. And usually, it always seems that one person within each couple has more interest in the finances than the other person. That's probably the best person to take over this job. But it just increases the the likelihood that this is going to go over smoothly if one person takes it over. Now, the person who takes over the lion's share of actually overseeing the finances, that does not mean they make all the decisions for the finances. All that means is they're doing the work that needs to be done for your finances to make sure it gets done right. If you set up your finances the right way, This is extremely simple because all you're doing is just checking and tweaking and making sure everything is automated and going to the right places. We're going to come out with a course in the future called Money Made Simple. And Money Made Simple is going to show you exactly how to set up your finances so that you don't have to worry about them all the time. It's going to make everything extremely easy for you. And this is how it should be. That person who is in charge should have everything automated and they should just be checking to make sure everything is going in the right spot every month. And that's it. It's not hard, but making sure you both align on those priorities and making sure that you have everything in place is going to increase the likelihood of both of you hitting your goals and achieving financial success and and building true wealth for you and your family. That's what truly matters here. That's what you both really truly need to do is to build wealth for your family. And the only way to do this is to align your priorities and have these conversations. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if this is your first time listening, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. And share this episode with a friend. And don't forget to leave a rating and review on iTunes as well. Because our goal is to bring as much value to you as possible. And we're trying to spread this message that money can buy freedom. That's what money is there to do, is to buy more freedom. So thank you again so much for listening. And I hope you have a great day.
everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins, a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.